0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. His joy is made new every morning. It's a new level of joy. It's a new word. It's a new revelation. It's a new part of His goodness. It's a new extension of His mercy. And I'm thankful that it's made new every morning because I need the newness of God in my life. I need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. See, you're the pastor. The pastor needs a fresh revelation. You need a fresh revelation of Jesus. You need a fresh touch of God here today. You need a renewal of the Holy Ghost in this place and let me share with you right now it's easy to sing about the name of Jesus and go through the motions like man I've heard people preach and teach about the name of Jesus but when you get a fresh revelation of who Jesus is and you get a fresh touch of God that name means something sweeter and sweeter as the days go by amen amen I'm so thankful that everyone is here amen it's good to have Joshua Jimenez Where's he at? There he is. How could I miss you? What are you, Six eight, six seven, 6'8", 6'7"? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. We're thankful that you're here. This is Brittany's brother. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, we, we have quickly come to love your sister, Brittany. She's a wonderful young lady, and we're glad she's here. And I don't just say that, because I feel that, and we're glad you're a part of our church, and we appreciate you being here. Amen. Amen, amen. A lot of things happening around our church, and thankful what the Lord is doing. And um, let me encourage you, just as Brandon uh, mentioned a little while ago, uh, come here on Wednesday night. How many loved Wednesday night's lesson? Man, it was so good. Um, And I didn't even teach it. See, you thought I said it was good because I was teaching. I wasn't even teaching it was that stinking good. Um, I've, uh, Robert Morris is, is teaching and um, we didn't fly him in. He's on a video screen and um, we have handouts and goes through tithing offering. If you want a fresh revelation of giving, um, I will I am working on getting some thumb drives with the lessons and the, the video lessons and the handouts on that. had to order some more thumb drives and you can go home and you can do that for yourself and go through it. And um, I had four people come to me after the service and say, "Pastor, I want to watch that again." That's how it just gets gooder and gooder, <laughs> and it may get goodest. I don't know. It's just good. Uh, bad English, I know. Amen. I'm the pastor. I can put that into the uh, sermon notes if I want to. I don't know. Um, but I'm thankful for those that who can make it here. We're thankful. We're having an average of between fifty and sixty here on Wednesday nights. And that's an incredible thing. I remember in 50, 60 was our average on Sunday. And our average now is between 97 and 100 on Sundays. Somebody say amen. And uh, I'm thankful for your giving. You say, Pastor, why are you going through a giving series? Because I want you to have a fresh revelation, not because the church needs money. I just want you a very fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. I want a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. At this time, we're going to dismiss our Sunday school classes, our youth class. Um, please note, see Brother Tatera. He'll point the young kids to uh, the new location for Sister Samantha's class. And um, we took her space. Amen. Amen. When I'm preaching today, you're going to hear some things that you've heard before. Um, Some of you have not heard some of the things I'm going to say uh, before, but you are going to maybe hear it for the first time. Um, But every time I, let me just be honest with you, I was studying last night, and if you're a minister of the gospel and sometimes you feel pressure to deliver a cool message, You'd have, you feel pressure sometimes to measure up to something unique in Scripture, something um, that challenges people, something that not, somebody has never heard before, putting an Old Testament verse together with a New Testament verse, and people will leave like, wow, that was incredible. I fill you with all that stuff. And God chastised me a little bit last night because I was trying to, I found something I thought was very unique in, in my mind and, and uh, the Lord just kind of said, no, we're, we're going to go a different direction. So I started going a different direction and then um, I was confused with the Lord this morning. He wasn't confused, I was. And um, and the Lord just kind of directed me and with the help of, of an elder in the church and um, began to minister and um, um, somebody uh dropped a scripture off in my office this morning, and um, it really helped give me direction. So we're going to go to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Amen. Colossians, chapter number 1. Amen. How many love the Word of God? Amen. Love it. <laughs> Amen. Come, now, see, that, that's true love for the Word of God. You go ahead, Cheryl. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. So here's, here's the deal. I was having a conversation at lunch yesterday with Brother, Brother Runyon. And I'm not sure how this message is going to go today. We're just going to fill up for the Lord. But I was having uh, lunch with the Runyons and uh, the Barclays yesterday. And he and I began to talk. And here's the struggle that I have as a pastor. Is that getting people in the church to let go of the world and grab Jesus. And we begin to discuss the cravings of this world versus the craving for Jesus. And I don't want to be a preacher that preaches let go of the world, let go of the world, let go of the world. But if you let go of the things of the world and God washes you have to gravitate to something. It's like our young people, we tell them not to participate in certain things in the world because they can draw them away from God. Not necessarily because they're sin, but because it will draw them away from God. But when we ask them to step away from things, we have to give them something. And when you give them something, here's, here's the deal. It's, it's like that the thing that I mentioned a moment ago, something new. We all Sometimes we are very skeptical of something new. Because we have this new faith teams app for our church and when people first start using it, they're like, Pastor, man, I I don't know. I mean, it's really cool, but how do I get to the part that, you know, uh, all this stuff? And it takes a process of time. And then when you begin to use that app, it becomes very useful for you and makes your job a whole lot easier. And I've come to love the app. I love the communication that it brings. When I come to the Lord and when we begin to pray and when we begin to read the Word of God, some of us are in that newness part that we're not really sure because we don't understand it all. We don't know how it's really going to apply. We don't understand some things that it says. But I'm here to tell you: do not let go of the Word of God. I'm telling you: do not let go of the Word of God. Because there is going to happen and you'll know it when it happens. That when you read the word of God, then you get those goosebumps come up and down your spine for the very first time. Because you read something and you have for the revelation for yourself, you know there is a living God. And when you taste and see that the Lord, he is good through his word. Then that craving becomes to happen that you used to have for the world now happens towards him and his word. And when you get a craving for the Word of God and you begin to get a craving for the presence of God, then you will look a little bit different because you can't handle what God is placing in your spirit. You'll begin to talk different. You'll begin to where you go will be different. The way you treat your family will be different. The way you treat the house of God will be different. The way you treat your wife and your children will be different. If you fall in love with the Word of God, So trust me, because over the last several years of my ministry, God has allowed me to fall in love with His Word, and I love His Word. I digest it different than some other people, and there's some that do it different than I do, but when I get into the Scripture, the Lord just directs me to a Scripture, and then He just, just over and over and over and over and over, and... And it sounds like sometimes I may preach like a broken record because I'll say things in my messages that I repeat. As anybody know what some of those are? You all do. You just don't want to admit it. Brother Barkley, thank you for being honest. Appreciate that. (laughs) I say a lot, and I say it because I mean to say it, not because it's just something I want to say. And it's very true that you need to die... Daily. You know why I say that every time I get in the pulpit? It's because we need to die daily. Until everybody starts dying daily, then maybe I'll stop preaching it, but we need to die daily. All right? That went over like a lead balloon. All right, Colossians chapter number one. We're going to start at verse number nine. Would you stand with me for a few verses here and then I'll, I'll keep reading. And then I may just stop reading and start preaching. So we'll just see where this goes here today. I have five pages of notes on my iPad, but we don't, we, I don't know where we're going to go here. For this cause, we also, verse number 9, Colossians 1, Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Isn't it nice to have somebody praying for you? That you might be filled with the knowledge of God. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, get a craving for Jesus. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power, not my power, but his power. I increase in knowledge by the power of God, not my own wisdom unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light everybody say in light Amen. who hath delivered us from the power ooh i'm glad the lord let me set me free from the power of darkness yeah. come on somebody are you glad that the lord released you from the certain depth of bondage there is a certainty in your life, and you will end up one place or another. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun if you're on the Lord's side. But if you're in this world, there is a hell to gain and a Lord to shun. It depends on what side you're on. That's a completely different message, but we're going to get here. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption Pray for you that you might walk worthy unto the Lord and be fruitful. Why? Because we have a redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Even the forgiveness of sins. And we're going to read one more verse, maybe two, before you sit down. Who is the image <laughs> of the invisible God? God. The firstborn of every creature, that means the first and the last. For by him we were all things, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, and I have this underlined and highlighted, I am made by him and for him therefore i i'm going to just add a little bit here to the scripture by saying i need to return myself unto the lord god almighty and he is before all things and by him all things consist and he is the head or the source of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have preeminence who is the first and the last today it is Jesus Christ and he is on the throne of glory Ladies and gentlemen, my source does not come from a 220 outlet. It comes from the mighty hand of the Lord Jesus Christ because he strengthens us when we come up in our mind that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of my faith. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's raise our hands and begin to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's pray. Don't be ashamed to pray. Don't be ashamed to call upon the name of Jesus. If this has been a long time, encourage yourself in the Lord right now and say, I need Jesus here today. I need Jesus in my family. I need Jesus on my job. I need Jesus in the house of God. I need Jesus when I walk down the road. I need Jesus when I'm on my way to a restaurant. I need Jesus at all points in my life. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Mm, I love the Lord Jesus here today. We're go- come on, let's pray. We may not get past this moment for a little while. We're just going to pray. Come on, seek the face of God, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord right now and give him some praise. Amen. You may be seated. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? let me just say today, I do not preach for an applause, but if you feel like you need to clap your hands or say amen, jump to your feet, run the aisles, do whatever you want, because the word of God is strong today. For who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. That's you and I. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions. It does not matter what's in front of your life or holding on to your coat till coat, today. God is the author God created all things for his glory whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him if you can try to you can allow the devil to try to deceive you you ain't gonna make anything out of your life but I'm here to tell you greater is he that is in me and that created me than anything else in this world there is a God I said, there is a God. I said, there is a God. And He didn't die on the third day and just stay there in the grave, but the Bible says He rose again on the third day and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So that tells me my God is greater than death. My God is greater than sickness. My God is greater than anything in my life. And He is before. Verse number 17, it says, and he is before. You say, God, you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm telling you, he was before the thing you were going through. Before tomorrow happened, God is. Before next week took place, God is. And I'm here to tell you, after those things take place and after next week, if God, Terry, God still is. Revelation says it over and over. He says he is the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha does not have a beginning and the Omega is not necessarily an ending. He always was. I said he always was. God has a beginning in my life when I accept the Lord and God fills me and God begins to change some things in my life, and I'm thankful for that. But I have a, relation, a revelation from Jesus to tell you today that God already was before he became unto you. And he is before all things. Everybody say all things. And by him all. I have the underline in my Bible, by him all. Somebody say that with me, by him all. Let's say it again, by him all. One more time, by him all. All things consist. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you're going through, God can reach down into your spirit. Say all things consist under my authority. Paul was writing to the Colossians church trying to encourage them and thank them at the beginning of this chapter he thanked them for their works and he says I pray for you and I want you to understand who we're serving I I want to give you a glimpse of who God is and give you a glimpse of who Jesus is and he said he is the head of the body the church the the word that I have in my scripture and I write in my bible and he is the source of the body this church is not founded by Tim and Teresa." Brian this church was founded by God and I'm here to if something happens to me or something happens to my family I pray that the source of God will continue the kingdom work I don't plan on going anywhere I was in Kentucky and a man says, "How the church going?" I said, "Man, I'd rather I don't want to preach anywhere else than, than Lifeway Apostolic Church. I have no desire to go anywhere. I have no desire to do. I just don't want to. I want God to be my source right where I'm at, and be what God wants me to be right where I am planted. And let me tell you, you are here for a reason, and God planted you here for a reason. So we have got to come to the source of the head of this body today and say, Lord, search me and find me. No." My thoughts, know my heart, so that I can be what God wants me to be. He is the head or the source of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. In all things, he might have the preeminence. If you look at verse number 15, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn, everybody say, firstborn. And then the Bible says, the firstborn from the dead. In verse number 18, that in all things he might have, that means who we're talking about. I'm talking about the first and the last. I'm talking about God, the invisible God made visible through Jesus Christ our Lord. For it pleased the Father that Him should all the fullness dwell in hand, having made peace through the blood of the cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled. I'm here to tell you today, I'm thankful that I am reconciled through the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful for the cross of Calvary. It was not the tree that saved me. It was not the nail that saved me. It was the man, Christ Jesus our Lord, that hung on that cross and held on that cross because he loved humanity. I'm thankful for Jesus dying on the cross for me, and I'm thankful he has all preeminent He has all power. Mm. Come on, let's pray right now before we go any further. In the name of Jesus. All right, here we go. The title of this message today, and I'm probably halfway through already, but the title of this message is Prepared for Your World. When we get a revelation of Jesus and you see God in his fullness and you understand who God is and what he has done for you, you are prepared for battle in this world. You see, I enjoy coming to the house of the Lord. I love seeing people love Jesus Christ. When we come to his presence with expectation, God can move through our lives. Somebody say, Amen. He can heal at a moment's notice. You can walk down the aisles of this place and the Lord is in this place and you can reach out with faith and touch the hem of his garment. And it was alluded to today the woman with the issue of blood. The issue that she had was immediately cleansed because she recognized who Jesus was. He was not just a man walking down the road, but he was one who hath authority. He was one who had healing in his hands. And in fact, the, the man or the, the woman with the issue of the blood didn't really need his hand to lay on him. All she needed to do is touch the revelation of God. All she needed to have was a fresh touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm here to preach to you today that if you're in this place and you need a healing for your body, you can walk out of here free from that healing, free from that infirmity in the name of Jesus Christ. He can mend your broken heart. He can take a person that is battling depression and give you a new sense of joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. God can take your stress and turn it upside down and put peace uh, on top of that stress. Uh, he can take those things that once weigh you down and you can face those things different uh, when you get a fresh touch of Jesus. There is nothing like the spirit of God moving through the house while we meet together with him. I have seen the sick healed. I have seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I've said this before, but I have seen a deaf man speak in a heavenly language. He was not able to talk. He couldn't really communicate. But God gave him the ability to speak when he's talking to him. Lives are altered in the house of God. If you're here today and need a touch from the Lord, reach out and touch Him. He'll return the favor and touch you. The Bible says if you draw nigh unto Him, He will draw nigh unto you. If you're a prodigal today, run home to Daddy. Run home to Jesus. And guess what? The the Father will step off the front porch and begin to run towards you. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you. And God cares for you. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 verse number 2 for he has said I have heard thee in an accepted time and in the day of salvation have I secured thee behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation guess what I can read that scripture every day We take Scripture and the man of God will get them preaching. We feel like we missed the boat because we will preach today is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. All of a sudden, we'll leave the house of God and say, wow, I really missed my moment. And maybe you have. But if you read this Scripture tomorrow, It's on Monday, for he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer, that the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the time. It didn't say Sunday. It says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It can be today. It can be tomorrow when you rise up. But Lord says my word is infinite and it's eternal. So, I can accept the word of God. Now, I beg you not to wait till tomorrow. Because this is an accepted time. There are some in this church here today. I just kind of preach it how I feel it. That's just me pausing for a moment. I'm going to preach it anyway. I like to feel it, but you know. Some of us, going back to the example that I have, you have allowed the cravings of life to slowly erode your love for Jesus Christ. You see, the devil doesn't do it overnight. Nah. If he could change your mind just like that, he, he would. But what the devil does... He comes roaring like seeking whom he may devour. He takes his time. He puts a seed of a thought. He he puts a temptation in front of you and he wants that to fester. He wants to grow that temptation in you until you succumb to temptation. And then he gets you to justify your with, what your sin is. And he begins to allow you to reason why you did what you did. And, and, then, and then we begin to just get so absorbed in certain things in this world and soon enough, we didn't intend it to get this far, but you find yourself in a place that you don't see any way out of but I'm here to remind you what the word of God says behold now is the accepted time today can be your day of salvation here's the problem we with many other Christians live for Sunday I prepare for Sunday starting Monday I do how many of you thank the Lord you prepare your week to be here on Sunday? I'm thankful that you do that. I, I thank you for planning to be here. I thank you for planning to be here on Wednesday. And we, with many other people, Christians in this world, live for Sunday. We plan for Sunday. We pattern our week around Sunday. We practice for Sunday. I study for Sunday. I, I pray for Sunday. While in theory there is nothing wrong with the good intentions of being a good Christian and following this wonderful pattern, but I believe we ought to get together every time. And I believe every time the doors are opened, we should be in the house of God together. We all should be in the house of the Lord Wednesday and Sunday. But I understand if people work, but we all need to be together. I believe we need to be faithful to the house of God. However, within this love for the house of God and the intention of the scripture that I read in 2 Corinthians that we believe the accepted time is 10.30 on Sunday. We've allowed ourselves to be deceived that God will only speak to me when God speaks through the man of God. We allow ourselves to be deceived when we walk out of the house of God thinking God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't see me anymore. The preacher is not talking to me today, so God must be absent from me. And I pray you don't feel that way. However, with this love for the house of God and being with God's people, somehow we have come to the knowledge that for whatever reason that God works best on Sunday. And some of you have heard me make that statement and I felt, the Holy Ghost kind of prompt me back to some of these statements that I have used in the past, because I want to remind us God doesn't work best on Sunday. We have a tendency to work best on Sunday. Christ works best when there is a surge of energy and worship. Some of us feel that His spirit moves the most when the songs and worship are in harmony. We are moved by the emotion we build and belief that God is in the midst of us to bless or our faith is high. We get tears in our eyes when we see someone blessed of God. We are moved when a brother or sister will begin to worship a certain way. We get enthused easily when others are agreeing with us in one way or another in worship. We get enthused easily when others are worshiping right next to us. We feel as though God is at best on Sunday because we put so much stock in these few fleeting hours of worship and word. Please don't misunderstand me today and miss the point of what I'm trying to make. We believe this idea because this is what we, when we work best for the Lord. We work best on Sunday because we prepare for Sunday. I said, we work best on Sunday because we prepare for Sunday. Our eyes are looking toward the day that God will move. uh, Toward a day that our talents can be used. Toward a day that somebody would recognize us and our ability to be used for the Lord. But who cares who is doing what? Who cares who's preaching on Sunday? Because that is not our source. Our source is Jesus Christ. Our source and our strength comes from God. I wasn't up here preaching, I would hope that the person up here preaching would be believing that the source and the word that they're getting the word from is from God Almighty. Sunday is a great day in the Lord, and I won't miss it for anything, not because I'm the pastor, but because I love being in the house of the Lord God Almighty. We come together for a great time in the Lord and I wouldn't miss it for anything but if you think that this is all there is and if you think that this is it in a nutshell for living for the Lord, if you think going to church on Sunday satisfies heaven, if you think going to church on Wednesday night satisfies the gatekeeper in heaven I'm sorry to tell you today you're sorely mistaken because God wants to prepare us for Monday not just Sunday God wants to prepare us for a now so when I read 2nd Corinthians on Monday this is the accepted time this is the accepted day hear this pastor here today the Bible says that we that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh however I got a few all rights and amen, but you better remember the rest of what I'm about to say before you say all right. However, that all flesh has stipulations. God wants to pour his spirit on all flesh, but some of us refuse to allow him to pour his spirit out on you. God is pouring out his presence. And there I can look across this congregation right now and I feel in the presence of the Lord who is resisting and who is allowing God to move in your life. I'm going to go right through the doors of your heart. Grab your heart out of your chest and say, you need Jesus. not just for a Sunday relationship. God is looking for not just a Sunday Christian. He's not looking for the ones who want to pick it up and lay it down again and, and put a bumper sticker on your car and just say, I love Jesus. No, God is looking for something greater than a so-called Christian. He's looking for someone that says, God, today is my day of salvation. <laughs> How do I get prepared for my world? See, this when we think and when I begin to preach and when I say my world, prepare for my world. My world is different than your world. Yeah, we live on this thing called an earth together, but your world is different than my world. Brandon, you go different places than I do. We have different lives. I mean, you're all over the state and in other states around us. Your world is different than mine. What you do for a living is different than what I do. Where you go is, is, is completely different. It's foreign to me what you do and folks do for a living than what I do. I don't understand everything that you do because your world is different than mine. But there has got to be one consistent message when it comes to a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. And that is that day that you're living, this moment that you're breathing needs to be filled by the goodness and a wave of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Bible does say he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh but there will be some people who reject that spirit that is being poured out. God is not looking for that Sunday Christian that wants to allow His presence to walk, fill Him. If If you want to be a blessing in the house of God, if you want to do things for the Lord, let God be God in your life. So I ask the question, And that I have said many times before, and I preached a message entitled this. But I'm here to tell you, we need to be the Monday morning church. A statement that I have said. No doubt, almost every time that I've been in a pulpit or very close, that that I would say that we need to be the Monday morning church, and people say that you need to invite somebody to the house of the Lord. I think we need to change that, beside for 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 change that saying. And I'm going to tell you why. For reasons unknown to me, we have placed Christ in a box of brick and mortar. Some of you have heard this before but I've written it down I'm going to preach it till the cows come home. For some reason unknown to me we have placed Christ into a box of brick and mortar. Somehow we have put restrictions on the moving of God. We have written guidelines on how to be, albeit unintentional in our hearts that allows God to move on us in our time and in our place. That time and place or our guidelines is Sunday for God to work. We understand through scripture that we are the body of Christ and we are the church as a collective people of his name. According to Ephesians 1 and 123, the church is his body, the body of Christ, the fullness of him. And of course, this is not the only statement in the New Testament about the nature of the church, but is definitive when it comes to the church's presence in the world. You think about it for a moment. The model for the church is Jesus Christ. The model for the church is God Almighty filling His group of people, filling people with His presence. The model for the church is not having church on Sunday. That's not the model. If God is the source, the Bible says He is omnipresent and we are His reflection, or we are the image of the, we are His expressed image to this world. And I am not God, but I am a reflection of God because He created me in His image. But I know who one is who was the expressed image of God, and that was Jesus Christ. And if I'm going to be the church like God has designed in the Word of God, then if I am going to be a reflection of God, I don't pick it up and lay it down on Sunday and on Monday Christ does not work best on Sunday we work best on Sunday when and where the church has failed to carry on this approach cultures have failed to be truly Christian and Christ-like with these truths in mind then any effort to present Jesus as Savior. Most most focus on the church on Monday rather than the church on Sunday. I'm here to tell you, we have one guest here today, thankful that you're here today. You're from Kalamazoo, Michigan, is that right? At least that's what the card said, so I, I got that right. We're thankful he's here. If we work best on Sunday and not Monday, where's the world at around us? If we respond to God on Sunday and fail to minister to the Lord and God minister us on, on, on if, we, if we respond to the Lord on Sunday and we fail and miss the boat completely on Monday, what's Sunday? What was the whole purpose for Sunday? The world's not in here. Avon's not in here. Your workers are not in here. I mean... When you're in Ohio, you were in Ohio, I think this last week or week. They weren't coming to church on Sunday, were they? Your world is different than my world. We go separate places. But I'm here to tell you today, we have got to get the mindset that I need to prepare for Monday, just like I do Sunday. Okay, we're gonna get somewhere here. I'm almost done. Maybe Dr. Richard Halverson, I've shared this story before, was a pastor of a large Presbyterian church in Washington, D.C. For many years, he was also the chaplain for the U.S. Senate, a deeply godly man. He spoke regularly at seminaries across the country. After one session, he stopped at the table to eat with some students. One of the students asked Dr. Halverson, where is your church? This seemed like a perfectly reasonable question. I've added that question to me before. But the doctor looked quite perplexed and hesitated to answer. Then he glanced at his watch. He said, well, it's, uh, it's 3 o'clock in D.C. The church I pastor is all over the city. It's driving buses, serving meals in restaurants, sitting in a board meeting, having discussion in the Pentagon, deliberating in Congress. We went, he went on to say, and periodically we get together on, on a building on 4th Street, but we don't spend much time there. So the mentality of the church needs to be, we are a church not, that's not down the road. We are a church that's going down the road. Turn to book of Acts. I told you this, I'm going to sound like a parrot to some of you. But I, 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 we, need to get a, we need to get a, his joy is made new every morning. It's the same joy just as a fresh revelation. Hmm. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is upon you, and you shall be witnesses at church on Sunday. That's what it says, right? Man, God filled me with the Holy Ghost, Brandon. And man, when I get to church on Sunday, we'll let the church know how good God is. Fully with that. You need to let the world know how good God is. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. No. It says, Be shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, which is where they are, and in Judea, the community. And into Samaria, that's the state and the uttermost part of the earth. Wow. What a task, Lord. You didn't include 7754 Cobble Springs Drive. It's on the other page. Maybe it's in Fourth Timothy. No, it's not there either. Bible tells me I shall be witnesses. I'm looking for a saint of God that shall be a witness. That shall be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking for a group of people whose source and whose head is Jesus Christ. And if I was the source, I can't be everywhere at the same time. That's why our source is Jesus Christ. So we can go and be witnesses unto me both, Jerusalem, Judea, and into Samaria. 1 John chapter number 2, I found that scripture. 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 16, the NIV says, For everything in the world, the craving of sinful man, the lust of the eye, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. I don't know if you notice this or not, but the world is enlarging its parts. And what happens is if the church does not enlarge its parts, then the world will engulf the church. That's why I re- preach this message at least once a year. And I, it's changed through the last few years of my ministry. Is because I'm tired of the world taking territory in the church. And that's what's happening. When people start giving up territory and what will the church look like if we just celebrate it on Sunday, what we'll have is a bunch of deceived people who do not have the power to go and be a witness. But we need to put on the armor of God that is offensive weapons and walk into this world and say, I've been bought with a price. I know a God and his name is Jesus that died on a cross for me. And the Bible says he goes before me me and he knows my thoughts. He knows my uprise. He did my down sitting. Bible says in Psalms, when my, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. If I'm on a mountaintop, God is there. If I'm at work, God is there. If I'm at home, God is there. But I gotta release the cravings of this world and get a craving for Jesus Christ. David Paulson paraphrases John Calvin, and he wrote this, The evil in our desires often lies not in what we want, but in fact that we want it too much. I'll say that again. The evil in our desires often lies not in what we want, but in the fact that we want it too much. But let me tell you something. You can't get enough of Jesus. You can't get enough of Jesus. You can't get enough of this Word. You can't get enough of this goodness. And what I feel on Sunday, guess what? I want to feel those Holy Ghost goosebumps on, on Monday and on Tuesday because I need to be a witness in this world. Can we go to heaven and just have church on Sunday? We can't. Nope. Now, if all you do is ignore God Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they give Him attention on Sunday, that is not even close to the plan of God. The Bible says in Genesis, He came down daily to talk to them. And when they decided not to want to talk to Him, sin had entered into the camp, and they refused God's conversation. find out throughout all scripture. A sinful craving is when a legitimate desire for financial success becomes a silent demand for financial success. An interest in clothes and fashion becomes a preoccupation. A love for music morphs into an obsession with the hottest band. Or a desire to enjoy a good movie or a game becomes a need to see the latest blockbuster or be a part of Part, part of a, a game system. There may be nothing wrong with the desires in those things of themselves, but when they dominate the landscape of our lives, when we must have them and nothing else, then we have succumbed to idolatry and worldliness. There's nothing wrong with playing a basketball game. There's nothing wrong... With doing things in this world. But when it begins to dominate the landscape of your life, the devil has allowed you to be deceived, and you are in a place that you are in a succumb to idolatry and worldliness. But I have a remedy. I said, I have a remedy. Come on, I said I have a remedy, and we sang about it. We worshipped about it. It's about Jesus Christ, and and it may be uncomfortable for a moment, but I get off that craving, and I want to crave Jesus Christ. The the thing that dominated here, I want God to dominate in that life. Say, Pastor, I don't understand everything is in the Bible. I don't either. I get help from people to try to understand Scripture. All you need to do is start a conversation with God. Going back to the start of this message, the, the thing that pains me, and I don't have the ability. I don't have the experience with counseling. I don't have the experience. I'm just an ordinary man who loves Jesus Christ. And as a pastor, all I want to do is get you away from the cravings that is a worldliness and idolatry and introduce you to a love of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm here to tell you today just release the things. Lay down those things for a while. Just say, maybe you'll just fast those things for 30 days and just take that time and put it to Jesus. And I'm here to tell you when those things used to dominant, you'll fall in love with Jesus so much, you'll forget about the things that, that were in the past. You'll wonder why in the world did that have you before when you begin be in a hold fast to the craving of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to somebody here today. Think about sinful cravings. They are hidden critters that we do not, do not want to expose hidden things of our life. And the devil says, if you confess that, then you have to deal with everything else. Shame, guilt, being exposed. (laughs) But here's what I found. That God's love is so strong. Hmm. It's not my love for him that corrects it. It's his love towards me. And we think the Lord will be a taskmaster. And you may think the pastor is going to come down hard on you. No, I want to love you with the love of Jesus Christ. Because such as I was, I'm just a sinner saved by the grace and the mercy of God. in order for me to be prepared for my world. I need Jesus. I said, I need Jesus. You see, pastor, it's not that simple. Trust me. It's about Jesus. You see, that's just a name. It is. It's a name that's above every name. It's a name that has dominion over principalities and powers of this world. It's a name. (laughs) David, in the book of Psalms, he said, purge me with hyssop of God. Hyssop is a plant. It's a branch. In the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter number 12, the, the, the children of Israel, they used a hyssop branch, and they dipped it in the blood of the lamb, and they put that blood on the doorpost before they left Egypt. So when David said, purge me with hyssop, there was something on that branch. And when Jesus was on the cross, they reached up to him, put a sponge on a hyssop branch. They put a sponge and they put sour vinegar on that sponge. And they raised it up to Christ. Ah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I was somebody would just begin to say, I see a hyssop branch of a hand that's reaching up to the Lord and say, I need the redemption for my life. see a hyssop branch. It was common. all the way throughout Scripture. That hyssop branch was used throughout Deuteronomy and Leviticus about all the sacrifices and redemption. It was about sanctifying. It was about purifying. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm nothing, but I want to raise a hyssop branch to the cross of Calvary and say, Lord, I need your blood today to redeem me. I have done things wrong in your sight. So I'm going before before the Lord right now and say, God, watch thank you for listening to today's message if you like what you've heard please subscribe, rate and review this podcast if you would like to know more information about our church please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church may God richly bless you